I want to spend maybe six, seven minutes before we get into the message uh, on this man-to-man ministry that we're kicking off. Um, don't look at it lightly. We believe with all our heart that this is the timing of God for this. We also believe that God is going to wake up the men. Wake us up. We have kind of taken a back seat, kind of letting the ladies attempt to run the church or raise the family or whatever, but we believe God wants to wake up the sleeping giant, which we call men, not only in this church, but certainly and hopefully and prayerfully in our nation, in our nation. All right, now, now to the message. Okay, it's interesting what's been going on. I spent the last four services in Ezekiel 38, kind of lining out with the help of Fox News. Uh, what seems to be going on, Persia, Iran, Turkey, all that kind of stuff. Did you happen to notice another country having upheaval? This one will really rock the United States. Did you see that? Anybody? Are you waiting for me? Okay, cool. You can put your hand up. Fine. Saudi Arabia. That's the one that will shake this economy all the way and back. It just will. Just the way it is. So that's going on, and then you have this unbelievable earthquake, fifth largest earthquake. They just upgraded it to a 9.0. Fifth largest earthquake known to man, known to the world. Shook Japan, they can't even find a train full of cars. Villages are gone. Did you see the, I saw them this morning, the satellite photos? The nice village by the sea, and then they show you the next one, and it's all like a brown muck. You can't see it, there's not a house. Just took people away. They're fearing maybe a 100,000 people. Okay? Now, with all that going on, you can get unnerved. I can get unnerved. If I take my shirt off and t-shirt off, there's not an S on my chest. Superman, super saint, super godly. No, I'm just a dude like you with the wife, with children, and with grandchildren wondering myself. But we ended this part of the worship with that great song, My Great Name. My Great Name. This is it. This is where it's at. If you've been playing church all these times, just kind of nodding and having your little bumper stickers on, your little Jesus pin, and never really been serious, it's the time to get serious. You've got to put everything into God. That's all we got. What are you going to do with a 9.0 earthquake hits? What are you going to do? Uh, what can they do over there? Look at it. I mean, it's just all you would have would be Christ. That's it. And that's the way we're supposed to be now. Now, even as we are still in our nice, comfortable homes. And the one phrase there in the beginning of that song or verse, it says, all the weak, <clears throat> all the weak find their strength at the sound of your great name. That should be your life. I mean, this is, this is what's going to cause the lost to run the church to run to the house of God and try to get some hope somewhere, some, some comfort, some encouragement, some protection. And it's in that name and everything that it stands for. This wonderful, great name. The weak will find their strength in that great... I find strength singing that song. <clears throat> Lord Almighty Defender. Yes, I find strength in that. Lord, my King you got to make him your king. He's my king. And so we're going to look at the Word of God today. Judges chapter 13, starting with verse 15. 
Hopefully you will be encouraged. Or you'll be encouraged enough to make Him truly your King. Not just Jesus that you've heard about. Kind of maybe watch the show here or there on Christmas or Easter. But actually your King. Tonight, possibly be getting into the rapture and into Revelations a little bit. So if you can kick that around. Judges chapter 13, starting with verse 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for you. Going to make the meal here. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was the angel of the Lord. Now, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, we believe, is a Christophanes, which means Christ. It was a Christ. He always was. He didn't just show up in Bethlehem. He always was. And so the angel of the Lord, and it says that Manoah didn't even know. Angels unaware, we talk about in the Word of God. So Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy saying come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why ask thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? Now we're talking about the name, that great name, that song. That says that you and I, let all the weak find their strength. Manoah calls upon him and says, man, what's your name? And he goes, I don't even know why you're asking, seeing that it's a secret. And so when you look at that verse, you can be a little puzzled, but the New Living Translation, same verse, says, why do you ask me my name? The angel of the Lord replied, you wouldn't understand if I told you. Now all of a sudden I can go, oh my gosh, I understand that one. I can understand how I cannot understand all the majesty, all the wealth, all the protection, all the comfort that's in that great name. And so when Manoah ran to him and said, what's your name? The angel of the Lord was going, oh, it's him. you wouldn't get it if I told you. And that's where you and I are now. Because we let closing in on $4 gas prices bother us. We get unnerved. And you'll sing here, your great name. Then you got to go get gas. You go, man, what's going on in this world? We, we don't. We just don't get it. NIV says this. He replied, why do you ask me my name? It is beyond understanding. Beyond. Beyond. So I am uh, not assuming with my great godliness by the end of this service, you'll have a grip on this. Oh, I'm just telling you that this God you serve is too awesome for you to even have a grip on. Just too awesome. What's going over there in Japan? If they would call upon the name of the Lord, He could fix it. It's not beyond our God. Nothing whatsoever is beyond Him. And yet you and I think we're not going to be able to sustain life if it goes to $4. And they're talking 5 in the summer, just gas alone, then the food. Ah! What are we going to do? Next Sunday, Rod and the gang will get up and goes, your great name. You'll be going, yeah. It's beyond us. We need the Spirit of God to open up, just like Matt prayed, just open up and shake us inside how wonderful of a God we serve. New King James says this, same verse. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask me my name, seeing it is 
wonderful. It's wonderful. His name is wonderful. I don't know if you're getting that. Definition of wonderful. Exceeding wonder. It's marvelous. Astonishing. At sight, it's just wonderful to behold. To excite wonder. His name. Just His name alone. I mean, if I could say, oh, wait, wait a minute. And come out to the door and turn around and say, I'm going to let Jesus is here. It would excite wonder. What? Huh? That's what they're saying in that name. Wait, man, 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 what's your name? Oh, it's just so exciting. It's wonderful. And this is the God that you're to call upon to protect you in times like this in the end days. God knows what we need. He knows we're made out of dust. He knows we have no strength. What strength can I have when God shakes the world? None. What plan can I come up with? Remember, we always talked about man's great plan. What was it? Duct tape, man. Seriously, that doesn't make you run to God. This is our God. He's beyond understanding. He's spectacular. He's wonderful. He's too wonderful to behold. He's beyond our imagination. There's not a person. There's not a word. There's not a dictionary that we can use to explain how wonderful is God. is. That's why Manoah says, what's your name? The Lord says, come on, man. You're not going to get it. You just won't understand it. It's Jesus. Oh, good. Okay. We don't get it. We just don't get it. Who's going to take care of us and be with us? Job 42.1, Job says this, Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. No thought, no thought. No thought, the thoughts you're having right now. None of them can be secret from God. He knows them, he sees them. Job says, oh man, God, you can do everything. You can do everything. The psalmist 77.14 says this, Thou art the God that doest wonders. Wonders. This is your God. That's when you sing, My defender, you're my king. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, God, you can do anything at any given moment. I don't care if the earth dissolves and I can just walk around on nothing because if you speak it, I'll do it. He's the God that doeth wonders. You might be sitting there, I don't know about that. I don't think so. You're sitting here. Not where you used to sit. You're in your right mind. You raised hands and worshiped God. There's probably a lot of people that used to know you that would say, that's a wonder. Wouldn't you think? How some of we lived? Absolutely. Job says this, Job 9, 10, he says, His great works are too marvelous to understand. He performs miracles without number. Our God does. Man, don't be a yabba person. Yabba, yeah, I ain't never seen. Just, just have faith to believe God. That He'll do whatever He sees fit that needs to be done in our lives. Trust him at his word. Job says, I'm telling you, he's too marvelous. To, you're not going to be able to understand him when I get done today. 
You're not. It's just going to be by faith. You're going to say, okay, God, you do miracles, countless miracles, more than can be numbered. You are marvelous. You are too much for me to even understand. Yet, you're my king. By faith. By faith. He will take care of you. NIV says that last part, miracles that cannot be counted. Counted. If you're blessed to have a vacation this year and you're heading towards some type of ocean front beach or something like that, pick up the sand, start counting. Start counting. You're like, it's in pa one little handful, one little scoop. I'm not talking about the miles and hundreds of miles. Just one little scoop. God says, my thoughts towards you, they can't be numbered. They can't be numbered. Psalm 66, 5, the new King James says this, Come and see the works of God. He is awesome. Your God is awesome. It's jolted the entire earth. Bumped it somewhat. I don't know how much. I don't know if it's oh, 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 point something off its axis. They got all them things everywhere. Japan moved eight feet. I'm six up to there to there. That's how much the country moved. Pumped it off its axis and the spin. I didn't feel nothing. I'm just walking around like God can do whatever He wants, when He wants, and how He wants. God will take care of you if there's nothing even for there to be for you to be taken care of. We're gonna die, we have no water. God can make you go without water. Think God's going to go, why didn't we think of water before that earthquake? Seriously, what's the matter with us? Countless wonders. What slide rule are we using to measure our God? We're doing it on our pockets and on our economy and in our government. We're going, oh. That's how we measure God. God and these guys are saying, He is awesome in His going towards the sons of men. He is absolutely awesome. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. It says, there we rejoiced in him. <clears throat> A sea that just split and they walked across on dry land. Land that has been underwater for hundreds of years is not dry. Dry land, they just walk across. No kidding, you should rejoice in him. Matthew 14, 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Peter, a dude. Peter walked on water to go to Jesus. And so as Ezekiel 38 starts to come into focus, and we start to see, oh my gosh, yeah, I can understand this. And Jesus, even he's... Uh, unbelievers on the news are saying the very things that line up with the Word of God. You can see it all coming into focus and now Japan is just shook all over the place. You can walk through all that on Jesus, on faith, on His love and on His grace, trusting Him. You can walk on this unstable ground that we're living in. You can until what? Until you do what Peter did. Or did. Verse 30 says, And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. 
Now, I'm not a 24-7 news junkie because it causes me to sink. It does. I don't care if they're fair and balanced. It still causes me to sink. They never solve anything. They just argue in front of you on TV. So I can't take a whole lot of it or I'll sink. i got to get back away saying, You are mighty Redeemer, Defender. It's a life. These are not just songs. And they cause me to stand solid when all the events in the world are going nuts. From Northern Africa to the Mideast to the threat of war for Israel. Now these earthquakes in Japan that still haven't stopped. The tsunami warnings across Hawaii. Went across Hawaii. Where are you going to run away from in Hawaii? Did you see the one that the, the tsunami wave that came through the little inlet in California? Flipped all them little boats. The only place for you to run is to God. Is to the Lord. There you're going to find your strength. There you're going to find all that you need in His great name. In His great name. There is an enemy who's attempting to wear you out. He'll use the news. He'll use these events if you don't understand what's going on. Shepard Smith opened up the 7 o'clock news. can't remember what day it was. Thursday or Friday or something. He had someone, seismologist, I don't know what he was, but he, or maybe one of his co-anchors, he just stood there and said, what in the world is going on? It seems like everything's topsy-turvy. War in the Middle East, now this earthquake, you are living in the end times. You are. God has chosen you, you to be at this time. Daniel says this, gave you the scripture for many years. It says, and there's going to be an enemy. He's going to come and he's going to speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. If you let the enemy, he'll wear you out. He'll wear you out because when you become tired and fatigued, your faith will go down through the floor. You'll panic and you'll run. When you should be in church being fed these songs to fill you up, to hear the Word of God, to come to the altar, to stay strong in faith, you won't. You'll be running. And that's what people do all the time. They run. But I'm here to remind you how great your God is. No matter what we see on the news. No matter what happens. 1 King 8 says this, and he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee. This is the one you serve. There is no God like thee in heaven, above or in earth beneath, who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. God says, just serve me, and there's no God like me. There's no God like Jehovah. Not just a catchy tune. <clears throat> it has to be your life. Everything. You raise your children in the admonition. That's why we dedicate them. We're not up here telling you don't have any more babies. It's too crazy. They're a gift from God. Raise them in the admonition of the Lord. Not the admonition of Ohio State. Maybe there'll be something wonderful. What a waste. Exodus 14.5, New Living Translation, says this. Again, an unbelievable time that the people of God find themselves in. 
just freshly left the bondage of Egypt, just like all you guys should have been. Egypt is a type of the world, a type of bondage that you were in, chained. You had to do what Egypt dictated to you. Whatever sin it was, you were in it. And then God released you, and the people came out of Egypt, of the world, out of the world like you should be. Like you should be. So this is where the story is now. Exodus 14, it says, When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites were not planning to return to Egypt after three days, Pharaoh and his official charge changed their minds. What have we done? Letting all these slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh called out his troops and led the chase in his chariots. Now look, all they were was a bunch of ragtag Jews that were in bondage for 400 years. Scooping up everything the Egyptians panicked and threw out the doors. Yeah, they had all that. They weren't well trained. They didn't have platoons and sergeants and captains. and they were just a bunch of people singing, we've been freed. <clears throat> Verse 7 says, He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots. So he got the 600 best, the finest, well-equipped armed chariots. And he goes, oh, by the way, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with a commander. So he's emptied everything out and he's going after the people of God, just like the enemy does to you. When you say, okay, I'm selling out for God. I'm leaving this world behind. You break away. You finally break away. Not long after that, the enemy and his hordes come after you with everything they can to get you back, to defeat you. The enemy looks at you and goes, pff, pff, Matt Walter's going to serve God. <laughs> we give him three days, he'll be back. In three days, he's not back. They go, where is he? Get him, and I'll think I'll get him. Just like you, just like him. 600, Egypt's best, and then all the other chariots that were just sitting here. Doesn't seem like that sometimes. Seems like everything was against the people of God. Just everything. Prices are going up. Countries are fighting. War, the whole thing comes all down to because they hate Christians and you happen to be a Christian. <clears throat> so what's our natural reaction? Same with them. Verse 14, Exodus. And Pharaoh and his army approached the people of Israel could see them in the distance, marching toward them. The people began to panic. And they cried out to the Lord for help. They began to panic. And that's what we do. Sometimes even in counseling, I'll tell someone, don't panic. Even when everything's screaming at you. Every time we panic, we run in the wrong direction. Every time. Don't panic. <clears throat> Men, don't fall for what happens after that if you do panic and get frightened. Very next thing is, and they turned against Moses and complained. We fall into that all the time. You, it's you, you. You're the one that caused this. Listen to how weird we can get. How spun around we can become 
When we panic and let fear run our life, when God is saying, no, just trust me, almighty defender. We forget those songs in the midst of the enemy coming with all his chariots, bearing down on the back of our neck. This is what they said to Moses. Great deliverance. Their pockets and camels are loaded down with the wealth of Egypt. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? This is what we do when we can. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why did you make us leave? Man, come on. Look what you were in before you gave your heart to God. They gave themselves up for lost. Nothing even happened to them yet. They had a great deliverance. They were brought out. God had their pockets full so they could take care of themselves, start a new nation. They see the enemy coming after them. They don't even give it an iota that God's going to, we're lost, we're doomed. We're done. And that's what we do. We do. Remember when sugar was like 50 cents for a five-pound bag? Remember when it went through the roof? And then all you coffee drink, because I didn't care about this. All you coffee drink, when coffee went through, oh, life is... Coffee and sugar sends us over the edge. And we start to moan and complain. Listen, the reason why, because our roots are very little into God. And trusting Him. Job said, He's awesome. We're going, sugar. I mean, that's, that's a problem with us. And now, big stuff's happening. Big stuff. And that's why we're saying, men, you better step up to the plate. You know, if you're a man, you can be sitting there going, I don't know what to do. Same here. We're going to call out to God together. We're going to ask for a move of God to sweep through our men. But we are quick to forget God's greatness in a time of need. No wonder the Lord said in Judges, verse 18, way back when we started, why you ask my name? You don't get it. You don't understand how wonderful I am. And I want our altar call to be this, God, help us to understand how wonderful you are. God, I don't find it in me to know how wonderful and marvelous you are. God, you've got to put that in these folks were thinking they were better off lost in their sin. And I believe folks like us think that sometimes. I didn't have all this. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of once I started serving God. And that's what happened. You had broke away. You didn't return. And the enemy's coming after you. And God wants you to stand upon his name and find strength. Let the weak the weak will find strength in the name of Jesus. That song, why is that song kind of just, some songs just grab us for a while and take off. Why is it that one now? Because what the word is and what the God was singing and the spirit of God behind it. My redeemer, he bought me back. My defender, I need someone to defend me. I need to be able to go to bed and put my head on a pillow Hold my wife's hand and pray, God, take care of us. And then go to sleep. 
Now here's the cool thing. They're saying, Moses, you did this. We're all going to die. Wasn't there enough graves? Verse 12, they said, didn't we tell you to leave us alone while we were still in Egypt? Our Egyptian slavery was far better than dying out here in the wilderness. That's what happens when you panic and you get your eyes off of Jesus. The Bible says, as you see that day approaching, you need to get yourself. You need to make an effort to get in the house of God, to hear the word of God, to get that faith to maintain your walk with God. This can't be a Sunday ritual. Japan moved eight feet. Moses turns around, looks at all these panicking people, pointing and spitting at him and yelling and probably cursing him. You, you. Moses turned around, told the people, don't, don't be afraid. Same thing we're telling you this morning. You hear the news, you see Japan, Iran, Iraq, the masks shooting the air, the unstoppable, un Secret sales. What's that mean? All, all over. What? We're passing dumb laws, doing dumb things as a nation. Moses turned around with this. Don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. Now, I could be standing where I am, watching my house sweep away on some water. But God says, well, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are. Where are you standing? I'm standing on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm standing. My wife with me. My children with me. Their children with them. This is where we are. We're standing right here. This is what Moses told me. Don't be afraid. Just stand where you are. Watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians that you see today will never be seen again. And they look up and here they're coming. Man. Everything in the world. What are you going to do? Panic or believe? What are you going to do this morning? Panic or believe? Moses said this in verse 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. You won't have to lift a finger in your defense. I think Egypt had all the technology, all the wealth, all the power, all the military might could possibly have at that time. You're this bunch of no names like we are standing here, here they're coming. You guys, you're not going to have to lift a thing. You're not going to have to do this. That's what God said. Are you going to believe or are you going to panic? Even now. Very cool. God is great. You know what? Let's, let's have our band back here, singers, and as they come, Please pay attention a little more here. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord, serve Him in truth with all your heart. Listen, for consider how great things He hath done for you. Consider how great things. You're like, what great things? Man, He died for you. Consider what great things God has done for you. Consider them. And as the armies were coming and the people were panicking and trying to believe, it says, And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There, reminded, there remained not so much as one of them. 
The water split, the people of God went through, and the rage of the enemy went right down through after them. And that's what's going on now, the rage of the enemy. No thought of God. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Let them rage. Let them blaspheme and scream. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Then sang Moses. Singing is not a waste of time. Worshiping God is honorable and sweet and should be done. It gives strength and hope and faith and healing as you sing God's praises. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. We sing them as horse and the rider. Man, that's where that song came from. Great deliverance where they didn't have to lift a finger to the mightiest army ever at that time in the known world. <coughs> The depths covered them and they sank to the bottom as a stone, the Bible says. Our God is a wonderful God, man. Our God is a great God. Great God. Now I want you to stand, please. Read just a little bit more, but I want you to get ready to sing praises to God. I want you to get ready to sing to your God how great He is. Now listen. And if you want to come down, we've encouraged you. You want to come down here and stand and sing. Do it. This is a fight for our life and for your family. Psalms 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Oh, how great. And if you have to sing that by faith, then do it. God, I don't feel about things great, but I'm going to sing it because I'm going to trust you. Then sing it. Psalms 92.5 says, Oh Lord, how great are thy works. Lord, your works are great and your thoughts are very deep. Oh God, how great. Zechariah 9.17 says, For how great is thy goodness and how great is thy beauty, God. I put my trust in thee this morning, God. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what happens when I turn the TV on today, how great is my God. Daniel 4, 3 says, How great are his signs! How mighty are his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. How great is our Lord, is our God. Amen.